Pudding People to another episode of Everybody Loves Pudding. We are your hosts, Ken Seymour and Richard Geiger. Whoop, 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 scurrying out from underneath the rubble of another movie review. Movie review. Another successful movie review. Yes, another successful movie. We'll see. We'll find out. <laughs> now, of course, Richard is join, joining us from the uh, the new Kia recording studio. <laughs> mm, yes. It's a dream. Uh, the, the joys of life. Sometimes they throw you, you curveballs and all you can do is duck and say, hey, I wasn't playing baseball. What's happening? <sighs> yes. Uh, by the time we are done here, uh, the temperature in the Kia studios will probably be approaching mm, 88 degrees and I'll be nice and sweaty. Fantastic. All well, right. Then let's get right to it before our uh, intrepid co-host uh, faints or uh, gets heat stroke or something. Yeah. We're, we're going to be talking about uh, the new release, Blue Beetle, from DC Studios. Uh, is the first, technically the first in the new uh, generation of James Gunn-led DC films. We're hoping for a brand new leaf, and uh, we'll see what we get. Now, as always, there will be spoilers, but we're going to start with a spoiler-free, just general gauge. Is this something that you should run to the theaters to see? Is this something that you should kind of wait for your streaming service to enjoy? Is this something you should wait for a rerun? Uh, the kind of reruns done on standard channels where they change all the language and clip it and edit it in such a way that you don't quite understand what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> or just ignore mm. it completely. Um, all right. So, what yes, do you think, I have Richard? Some of my favorite one-liners from edited movies. So, um, they have their place for sure. What do you think? Is this something people should see in the theater? Mm, okay. So that's a good, good question. As always, um, this was originally intended to be a what was HBO Max and is now Max movie. So I think the intention was just to have people watch it on streaming services. Um, I was a little bit disappointed by the turnout in the movie theater. So I think a lot of people have the same impression that I do, which is if you if you still believe in the DC, now that not DCEU, but DCU, if you still believe that that can be successful and you like comic book movies, absolutely 100% go see this movie in the theater if you are a casual you're probably you yeah i don't know you may enjoy this you may not so i would wait otherwise i think that's a, a pretty fair way of putting it being a diehard comic book fan there's no way that i would miss this especially since this is a fun character that's a newer character uh, because it's not the original blue beetle for all of you people that re remember the original blue beetle it's the one was brought out a little more recently um so it's, uh, yeah, I, I don't think it. there's anything that says, oh, this should definitely be seen in the theater. It makes it a completely different film. No, not really. But I think it's, it's a fun watch in the theater. And if this is your cup of tea, definitely do it. But I would definitely watch it one way or the other. So at least by the time streaming hits, it's, it's worth it. Um, now, of course, now we're going to overanalyze everything and uh, chop it into part. pieces. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, this is what makes us... In our own minds, anyway, experts <laughs> on the absolute on the whole experts. That's right. Uh, we're going to break it down, give it a score of up to one hundred points. Uh, mm -hmm. Nothing's gotten a hundred. Nothing's gotten a zero up until this point. Uh, so, where will this hit into our current lineup of films? I have a funny feeling there may be some deja vu for listeners of <laughs> of what's going to happen, but. We're going to talk about the cast. We're going to talk about the director, the costuming and props, the location, the score, the cinematography, the plot and writing, and possibly give bonus points. Oh, yes. There will be bonus points. But, uh, yeah. So let's just jump into it. Uh, we, sometimes we go from the top. Sometimes we go from the middle. Recently, I've been enjoying going from the, the smallest point categories and then expanding from there. So I think that's that's the way I want to do things today. Yes. Let's go with the smallest point categories. Let's start with the locations. Uh, locations can get up to 10 points. 
This is talking about real or imagined, real or CGI locations, and uh, what we think they did in terms of how neat were they? How many were there? Did, did we get overwhelmed? Were they uh, produced in such a way that it, it was uh, fun to watch? You know, that sort of stuff. So I happen to think there was a nice bit of variety. I mean, there's there's a lot of time spent at the at the Casa Casa de uh, Miguel. I about called him Miguel. Uh, uh, Casa de Reyes house. Reyes, yes, the Reyes house. Um, well, okay, that does emphasize the family aspect of this movie. Yeah. Um, but since we are talking about locations, uh, we it it sounds weird. But this was, there was a lot of urban in this. Oh, yeah. But like tropical urban, let's call it. Does that, that sound accurate? Well, it's around uh, the Keys. So a lot of, a lot of buildings, tall buildings, um, urban setting, office setting. But then, well, the thing about that location is if you think about the Avengers it's New York City, it's Los Angeles, it's real locations, except if you go to, you know, overseas, then they have some made-up cities. And D.C., of course, doesn't, they don't really, they have a lot of made-up cities, right? So we're talking yeah. like Gotham, and we're talking about Star City, and, and this was, this setting was another one of those made-up cities that I just can't remember the name of off the top of my head. Palmera. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Um, not made up for this movie, but part of the continuity of DC things. And I felt like it was buildings and color. Like, did, was there, did, you, did you get the impression of a lot of color from the presentation? Well, there was an 80s aesthetic that they were trying to push throughout the entire film. So it made me think of kind of a combination of Tron and Miami Vice. Um, yeah, I mean, so that's that's the impression I got. I don't know if that was on purpose or not, but it, it felt like it was. And then the other part was the house that was, you know, kind of gone to ruin, mm -hmm. which seemingly was on an island, but not, or did he, like on a beach, but like a deserted, well, old style. That's the keys. I mean, oh, you're yeah. talking about the you're talking about the the Casa de Cord. Yes. Yeah. Ah, yes. Yeah. And that, then that didn't match, did it? No, it was like <laughs> the outskirts. Uh, but you know, when they were there, they could look across the water, and there was the shining bright lights of the city. Um, apparently, a lot of the locations for the final sequence, the battle, were actually in a historic spot in Puerto Rico. So you did have that element that flowed through the rest of the movie in place in the real locations that they shot at. But oh, overall, the things were neat and cool and fine. and But to me, just not overly impressive. Not in a bad way, just like it didn't stand out. Now, I don't know, because if, if, we're, if we're going for a vibe, basically, and an impression, I mean, the, the Reyes house definitely gives one impression. Cord Industries, they... they gave us a very good look at that kind of uh, technologically-minded um, corporate building shell. I thought that was done very well. Uh, and the Casa de Cord on the outside, while not what I would call the most interesting external I've ever seen, the uh, internal, where you get to see Ted Cord's little laboratory, that was awesome. That was too much fun. Um, yeah, definitely the retro vibe in that little that little location um the side angle shots of the office building for the cord thing maybe this falls more into the cgi had that weird kind of computer generated shimmer to it that kind of put me off a bit when they were showing certain angles of it you know from a from a distance the scape as a whole was was pretty decent but when you zoomed in on it it kind of was cheesy and some of the insides were cheesy. I feel that was overanalyzing because that's what we do. Yeah. But 
you know, like just kind of meh. The final kind of fortress area that they go to, I thought that was nicely done as kind of a, a very dungeony feel, but uh, um, but you know, still having the uh, mad scientist kind of section to it that was that was a lot of fun i i like the way they looked i feel like there is a, a nice uh, array of different palettes a nice array of different um uh, options to kind of look at now i can see how it might throw some people off and that's the one thing i had to to go with because the 80s aesthetic is not for everybody and if you're trying to mix that uh with the uh modern day aesthetic they kind of clash sometimes so that can yeah you're you're right and and i don't think it was really it wasn't just distracting to me Hmm. so i i just sometimes you can have a a set of things that are just kind of part of the film and awe-inspiring and like wow they really put things in there and then sometimes you're like there was just so boring but this was to me a little bit in between well, I, I definitely enjoyed it. I have a funny feeling I know where you're going to go. What, out of a range of 10, did you give the locations? Six. Yeah, I'm going to go with a nine. I, I enjoyed the locations. I love the 80s aesthetic. I, I've got a soft spot for it. Um. <laughs> Just a little bit. Um, all right, well, let's go to uh, costuming and props then. Um, that kind of is a normal flow from this anyway, because there's a little, uh, crossover, uh, you know, like we're just, like I was just talking about the lab for Ted Cord. That was so much fun. There were so many gadgets and all of the gadgets were just slightly off in a really cheesy, fun way, because that's how I always remembered the character, the original Blue Beetle anyway. It's like, I'm a superhero, kind of. <laughs> I'm not that great, but I'm doing my best with what I've got. And the suits, and you kind of saw the suits in the in the trailer. The the older generation Blue Beetle suits is what I'm talking about. Yeah, I thought they looked really nice, kind of kind of hung up in there as almost a focal point when you're looking at the room as a whole. The Nintendo Power Glove. Oh yeah. <laughs> How cool! I, I the the, the first that was the first thing that went to my mind. It's like is that is that just a Nintendo Power Glove? Is that all that was? And <laughs> yes, obviously it was. But it was still so good to see. It's like yeah, that that fits completely with that sort of thing. Um, I really like uh, how well they were able to um, translate the new Blue Beetle outfit to live action. I thought that CGI well, looked great for that. Yeah, and in, in in this sense, and I read a little bit on it, because it was originally going to be a streaming movie that got a wider theater release, the budget wasn't the same as some of the other movies that you would see in theory for th- for this type of project. So I, I bet you with more money that the Blue Beetle setup costume would be 100% CGI but they didn't have that money, so they did practical. And honestly, I liked the practical. I thought the practical looked great. Yeah, I thought it was pretty solid. Um, the vehicles, I mean, the truck, uh, <laughs> the the family truck, as it were, that was that was a lot of fun. The uh, the the Beetle uh, flying machine, it looked exactly as it should have looked from the comics. That was just ripped from the pages. It was beautiful. Yeah, that that, and I I don't know the pages, but to me that looked pretty solid, right? You, they spent some of the budget uh, in constructing the looks for that, which I uh, worked pretty well. Um, I I guess you could say some of the things that really, I don't know, some of the things that I didn't really like. We had the cool. Nintendo Power Glove, but some of the other guns, for example, the one that, you know, the grandma got the... That one looked dumb. That one looked really dumb. Yeah. Um, And I mentioned some of the office setup just looked just looked cheesy. Um, The home. The home. Did the home look too good? Were the props too 
croppy. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, um, in in all of all the detail that they had in the house, with the with the frames and the plants and the things that they had up. Do you want to know the the one thing when they're shooting those scenes? What my son is like? Oh, hey, look right there. <laughs> what? They had Takis. There was a bag of Takis sitting back on a shelf. And he's like, oh, look, Takis. I thought that was pretty funny when he said that. So they really put a lot of detail in the random things throughout the house. Yeah. Um, also, um, I'm, I'm wanting to rethink my score. I kind of forgot um, the shoe game was on point in this yeah, movie. it was wasn't it i mean it it was it was particularly good i'm i'm normally not one to focus on shoes but they wanted you to see them they made yes. it very clear and they even they even pointed it out in some scenes a couple times yeah not my favorite sneakers yep Who's... and it it I, I was just thinking about that right now because for us for cultures across the world the shoe game has different importance, and I, I really felt that they made that a focal point in this movie. Yeah. You don't see very often. No, you don't. Um, the um, the the regular costuming was pretty solid for the most part. All the normal outfits looked good. the The guards were okay. They were solid. Yeah. I mean, nothing to nothing to go wow but they they did what they needed to do they looked like they were unified and were paramilitary and whatever yeah, um and the the cgi helicopter was a cool concept yeah. but it was okay colors were maybe a bit much well they're like, going like with the that glowing things you know, they were like, going it was an accent to that neon 80s thing so i i was okay with that because that was that was a uh, intended to compliment but what about the big, uh, like, spear gun? That was odd. Um, it, yeah. it it didn't feel like it fit somehow. Um, I mean, yeah, they needed some way to get him in the plot to, to subdue him, but there's no way, there is a 0% chance that that was in development for anything. That had a very specific purpose. Did they spitball it overnight? Uh, no, that 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 was just. I mean, no, sorry. Yeah. So there there were definitely for as many highs as there were in this category, there were definitely some lows, but overall a good balance in score. Oh I yeah. Think. And the uh, the um, Megazord that was on the bad guy's side, <laughs> it was a little 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 cheesy, but you know not terrible, just. Kind of again, eighties bad in his design. Yeah, and just it, it had its own issues. For right, sure. right, exactly. So for me, I mean, that's since really the only big problem I had was the worst part was that that costume. But I really liked everything else. The amount of detail they had just overwhelmed any any little criticism that I had. I, I'd still give that a nine out of ten. Um, when we originally talked about the score, I gave it a certain number. I'm going to make one adjustment. I forgot about the shoes. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go with an eight for this category. Nice. All right. So we have one more category that uh, falls into the smaller point totals, and that's the score. And we always talk about how the, the music needs to be good, come out when it needs to be there, not distract. And I tell you what, I always at once, in, in any action film, I want at least one point in the film where the music starts, you go, yeah, you know, like that point in the uh, second uh, Thor film, uh, Thor Ragnarok, where he uh, comes back, not Thor, second, sorry, third Thor Ragnarok, where he comes back and it's Led Zeppelin as he's bringing down the thunder. Mm -hmm. like, things like that. It's like, oh, that's a perfect pairing. That's awesome. I want something like that. And when I heard Cypress Hill play, it's mm -hmm. like, hell yeah. Yes, yes. I, it, I Exact same thought when that came on. And, you know, 
that album from them is a, is a children is a, you know a childhood album. Right. I guess you could say. I mean, we weren't children, but it, it was young teens. One of the essentials, I guess you could say, growing up. I, yeah, I thought that was perfect. I mean, they yeah, that wasn't the only really obvious uh, and one uh, a song that everybody would recognize. They had "Kickstart My Heart," which is a fun song. That one was a little out of place, I felt, when it was there, but it was kind of fun still. Um, yeah, you know, I always, I always appreciate a good Motley Crue song, so yeah. I can't knock it. Uh, the All Out of Love, that was kind of uh, amusing. Um, but uh, it had a lot of great um, music uh, from Mexico, uh, or I should say Hispanic artists, anyway, um, that all throughout. And that that's going to be key. If you're going to try and tell the story from... Uh, a different point of view than than what you're getting. I mean, since, you know, Reyes, it needs to be, it needs to be authentic or at least attempt to be authentic, and and the music helps with that. Yes, absolutely. I I thought it set a good tone for the majority of the of the movie. And we look when we look on these. Is it distracting or is is the music? Did you notice it when you shouldn't have been noticing it? Right. And I I didn't get that here. Yeah, me neither. That was good. No, I I really enjoyed it, and uh, again, I, this is uh, a bit of a broken record for me, but uh, nine out of ten. I gave it an eight. Solid, solid, solid. All right, now we're going to get into some of the bigger players of points. We're going to talk about the director. So, Ooh. I don't know if you're familiar with uh, Angel Manuel. Um, so no, I am not. Yeah, Soto is his last name, but I I like um, I went into this blind. I, I didn't kind of I tried I try never to on the ones I really want to enjoy. I don't want to dig into them ahead of time. So it's like I want to be surprised by whatever actors I can be surprised by. I want to be surprised by the director, all that sort of stuff. Um, and it's he's got an interesting history. <laughs> stuff. A noodle forever. Yeah, I mean, so I mean, he he's got some uh, he's got some uh, very very interesting ones, but uh, the most interesting he did uh, he did a, a, a um, he did one called uh, Trump's America, and it's just uh, I'm I'm losing my mind. I'm trying to um, that's a um, yeah, it doesn't necessarily documentary. Well, I mean, it probably Jeez does. Pete. Yes, it wouldn't come out. Just a little documentary of what it's like to be at a Trump event, which it just kind of sticks out like a sore thumb. And all the other list of his stuff, it's like, oh, well, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah, it, you know, chosen for the obvious reason that he's had a lot of uh, you know Latin projects that he's worked on so much so that he's uh, even said during his you know time making this movie he would love to do a Bane origin movie. That would be a lot of fun. I mean, that's a character that yeah, is so much fun and when you, it's another instance where when you have a lot of, you know, white guy writers that don't have don't have the right kind of experience and they're just drawing off of it from a secondary source. Sometimes you can get it right, but a lot of times it just it doesn't feel right and have somebody that has uh, a history in that culture be able to maybe write that f- with that in mind that can be a lot of fun and give some depth and and something more to the character yeah and i think it, it would be really hard to do a theater release for a bane origin movie but i think it would be great for a max movie or like a even series. a short Three series, yeah, oh, yeah, four series. Throw Batman in there when you need to, like make it a complete thing. I that, trust me, I'd be down for that. That'd be fun. Yeah, I I think uh, um, this is something that's not been mined very well in a lot of on a lot of films to have a protagonist that's not necessarily the good guy, but still maintain them as the protagonist throughout. I mean, just seeing it from a villain's point of view. They still lose at the end, and that's fine, and it works, but you're following them, and in a way you're rooting for them 
throughout the entire thing. That that would be great. And except in Black Adam? Question mark. Yeah, I don't count that. <laughs> they didn't commit to anything. <laughs> you have to commit no. for that to to really count. Uh, but you know, so in this film, I thought. He handled things well. I mean, it wasn't perfect. Uh, sometimes, like, the, the balance in the editing between uh, scenes was uh, the, the pacing was a little off at times. Um, I, I, I found that, too, where, you know, I, I don't have the best attention span. But my son, he's young. He's not going to have much of an attention span. And his attention wandered quite a bit throughout this movie. Um now, is this a movie for uh, my son's eight? Is this geared towards an eight-year-old? No. No. There's nothing scary in the movie. There are some bad words. Uh, but it, even for an adult, I just found that there were some really... You were developing characters. You were telling a story. You were doing the things. I just found there was a lot of lulls throughout the movie. Yeah, they could have maybe trimmed 10 minutes probably they could have shaved it a little bit tightened it up um yeah. I, that that was really all i i felt i mean in terms of i feel like the actors just from the performances they gave understood what they needed to do and that usually indicates that hey there's some sort of rapport that's good between the director and the cast and the, and the writing team and all that sort of stuff so uh kudos there um and uh yeah i mean i i thought all in all it was pretty solid with with the exception of the pacing there was no there's no weird edits they didn't choose uh, a strange uh um camera angles for no reason it it's not intended to be an experimental film in any any way shape or form it's just here this is a very nice hamburger please enjoy this very nice hamburger <laughs> it just just uh, nothing on it yeah yeah and that's that's okay um marvel loved to do rookies putting them in spots to do movies and you know in this instance that's kind of what dc did hey let's see what you got and you got to give him credit it's not like this was the most amazing thing in the world and he probably had you know real big restrictions on what he could and couldn't do uh also financially so he did fine yeah, I mean, he got to show a little flair here and there. But for me, I, I, I liked it. I'm going to give him a 12 out of 15. We'll see if he can keep it up. Um, You know, I'm a little bit more picky. I get a 10. 10! 10! Okay. <laughs> well, and that kind of flows into cinematography. Um, I had a lot of fun with the cinematography on this film. Um. I love the little, I mean, they even put it in the commercial where they uh, pan in, do that wide establishing shot outside the really nice house and go right in on, on Jolo as he's standing next to the pool, but he's actually you know working as part of the staff. That was mm -hmm. just really nicely done. They have some, I mean, like I said, they, they weren't taking risks on any of the angles, but I could always see where they were going with it. All of the combat was clear. I didn't uh, get any shaky cam or darkness problems. Um, you know, the the conversation was was helped by the editing really well. I thought I thought all in all the the cinematography was solid. Yeah, the no real big complaints. Oftentimes in the cinematography, we we throw in the CGI stuff in here too. Yep, because they do tend tend to not always. They tend to go hand in hand. And of the cinematography piece, I think the CGI is where the biggest negatives came into play. Not how things were positioned to us, the audience, right? Because like you said, everything seemed to be clean. They had fun perspectives on things. Um, some shots, some perspectives that were just like, this is what you see in every action movie. Not that that's bad, but just no, no creativity to a certain extent. And if I'm going to complain about the CGI, well, okay, I know. I know you had a lot to do. This thing was supposed to come out a while ago. You had to change the perspective on it. You you were given a certain budget, and then it was went it, it went from one media to another media. I get it. I understand. 
some things looked really sharp. Some things you could tell where the cuts were made. And that's just a product of the business, you know, that's, that's okay. Um, the, ultimately the, the, I guess you could say the bad person in the movie was, um, the, uh, cord aunt, right? Yeah. Sister yeah. aunt. Uh, but the, the combatants that they were creating and then they made, they made the Omax, the Omax. And, and at the end, you had finally the realization of their creation. And the almost all of that CGI was just really not that good. Was the suit itself, like, did it look good? No. Like, if they had more money, would that concept of that suit had looked better? I don't know. I really don't. Yeah, I don't know if that's something I can really put into into this category. I feel that's more of a, a design flaw rather than a cinematography flaw. Yeah, but I, I'll still go a step further in that what was presented to us was presented to us in a way that you'd find on an Amazon movie that, you know, gets three out of ten stars because it was just a real low-budget thing that somebody put together. Direct-to-video filmed in two weeks. <laughs> Yes, yes. And and it's not like that happened all the time. It's just it happened enough to notice where they had to not really put their full effort into it. And and once again, I'll acknowledge it's a money thing. It's a budget thing. I get it because other things looked so polished that they put the effort into specific areas that they felt needed the most polish. Although if you're going to have this big epic fight scene at the end, yeah, you should probably put more effort in your bad guy. Bad guy that, of course, is not going to live. Anyway, that's a plot <laughs> thing. That's a plot <laughs> thing. Yeah, that yeah, we'll we'll get to that. Now, I, 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 yeah, I saw the same issues that you saw, but I feel that they more than made up for it in the areas that they polished, like the Buster Sword. I mean, come on. The, the- that whole, I think the CGI in general around the main character. Okay, it's the main character. Let's put the effort on that. You know what? They did good. Yeah. And and the thing that I appreciated in this, and maybe this is a props thing, but maybe not, is we know Blue Beetle can manipulate and form all types of things, right? Mm-hmm. So he can do, he can do um shooting things he can do sonic things he can do the the thing that i love are like the staples right the the staples that shoot out like that's a very iconic beetle maybe not even blue beetle but like beetle contraption to use to contain your uh, opponent and we saw that a few times and i thought those were cool um so all in all the, the the beetle aspect of it was honestly pretty good Hmm. and i'm being picky because that's what we can do yep there's just a lot of areas Uh, i mentioned the helicopter or like the the drone helicopter hovercopter some scenes it looked good and some scenes it just it looked like a toy looked really bad um and like i said some of the cityscapes hey from a distance here's all the picture here's the sunsets here's the color great let's zoom in on the facade of the building and it just looks like a bad like you you colored it really quick and put some shine on it and that's it um so i i there was just some back and forth and things that maybe because i was looking particularly more than what other people would as opposed to just sitting and enjoying the movie you know cuz that's how my brain works I just overanalyzed and overfocused on a couple of those particular aspects. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, for me, I en- I enjoyed it enough. It wasn't perfect, but it was really solid. I I gave him a thirteen out of fifteen. Mm, I did. I did ten. You're such a downer. I know. You and I your know. lower scores. <sighs> well, all right. Let's go into something positive then. Let's talk about. Let's talk about cast let's um we're almost done just casting and and writing we're almost through this bad boy here um this cast is surprisingly good 
I mean, it's it's not got it's not one of those things again where you get a movie where everybody's a big name, but the people they brought in, they did have some big names, and they also just had some really, really solid actors that are up and comers. And and the other thing too was there are really big names that you, like no one knows about because they're not big names here. Exactly, but they are big names, and I thought the cast honestly was really good. Except there were two just blatantly just, I don't know if the choices were good or bad, but the presentation from the actors was just bad, in my opinion. So you had all these great pieces and you had all this great stuff just kind of offset by two really bad things, in my opinion. I'm curious, who is responsible for the two bad things? Mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -mm. So... I do want to focus on, uh, obviously, the Jaime Reyes character, who is the main character in this. Um, that young man has kind of captured our hearts because he was a star in a previous Netflix. Well, it was it was what YouTube TV YouTube first, yeah. To to Netflix, in um, I don't know that he was pretty young. I wonder how old he was. When he started doing those, because those are old, well, right? Like so he's had 15, some time to sixteen somewhere in there work on his acting chops and mature, if you will. But it, if they found someone that can carry a project, they got the right one. He he's great. Yeah, he was born in two thousand one. He's a, he's a young and oh jeez, he was carrying <laughs> he's carrying things all well, not all by himself. That's not true, but um. Yeah, I, I think they found a, if they're going to have him be in future iterations of whatever for the next 10 years, they got the right choice, I think. Yeah, Jolo is uh, pretty awesome. I, I really I think he's got a great deal of charisma and and he's got he not only has a good look, he's got just kind of a youthful, youthful exuberance that goes with yeah. it. Very relatable. I mean, there's no downside to this kid. Um I thought uh, Bruna uh, Magazine did okay. I mean, for yeah, what she, her part was, she was pretty good. Now, I, I couldn't, I, I couldn't place her originally because I thought she looked very, very familiar, but I, I couldn't figure out why, and I really still can't figure out why. But may, maybe it's just she's got a familiar face. Um, but I thought she did really well, you know, definitely not a detraction. No, in the movie. no, not at all. She did fine. Um, I, th I thought it was funny that the voice, I, I was looking through the cast a while, like a few days ago, I was like, Be Becky G, like I've heard of that person before. She's an artist of some sort. I obviously wouldn't know any of her work. But I've heard of her before. Like what character was she? I was like, oh. She was the voice. Mm -hmm. well, that makes sense. Yeah, I, I, I'm not familiar with her music, but I think she did fine as the voice for sure. Um, Damien Alcazar as the father of the clan. He was he was in a in a lot of his scenes. He stole he stole the scenes. Pretty much anything that he was in, he he has a, a heck of a presence. Uh, he he's one of the um, he's won a lot of awards. Oh in, yeah, in other markets, <laughs> clearly. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's it's always kind of funny because when you see a group of actors together and then the one that's like oh this person commands everything mm -hmm. and it just kind of shows up it's like all right yeah yeah I, I can see that um i'm going to guess that one of the ones that you had problems with was george lopez no, I no? thought he was fine okay i like, was gonna say because i thought because i thought he was fun in his in his part Yes. So um, I think I think I was talking uh, with my wife. We're trying to go through the Marvel movies. I said, hey, let's watch Shang-Chi. And everybody's kind of like, meh, I don't really want to. I don't know. I'm like, hey, trust me. I think you guys will like this. Um, there's a character in that one. And we were talking about it. Aquafina is in that. And that for us could yeah. have been a really big detraction for that movie because we, we know we know her style. Right. right. And it's the same thing for George Lopez in this, where we know we know who George Lopez is. 
and the character that they put him into in this story fit his personality, fit how he could interact with other people. Yeah. He was, he was fine. He was great. That's what I thought, too. Um, okay, okay. So that didn't work. Uh, how about Belisa Escobedo? The sister. Yes. She was great, too. I liked her. Okay. I was going to say, because I really hated the character, but I really liked the actress. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a weird distinction to make, but it's like, how, why do we always have to have the annoying brother or sister or family member that always gets you into trouble? Let's do away with that. Let's have it be an accident or let's have it, you know, that they're generally good. It's like, oh, what? I, I just, we don't need to have that type of a character again. And, but she, she did what she could with it. And she was, yeah. she was very mm -hmm. bright in the film. Okay, well, I, I'm fairly certain I know at least one of them because I'm pretty sure I had the exact same feeling for one of them. And for that, for me, that was Susan Sarandon. Yeah, she was awful. Yeah, very flat. Um, she, <laughs> my wife says, like, oh, she's exactly like the character that she played in Enchanted. <laughs> mm. It's like, oh. I haven't seen it, but. She plays the evil queen from a, a mm. thing. It's like, uh, yeah, there is. Now, I don't think it's all her fault, but because I think I think maybe some of this falls into the editing, some of it falls into the writing because I know she's talented. So it's like, yeah, why she, of, of all the characters that went in here into this? She, to me, she was the one that stood out as the worst, right? And stood out with the performance and character that was the worst. And I don't you know. Let's be honest. If, if somebody else was in this position, would they have been as bad? Probably. Maybe. But there was no, like, everything just seemed forced to me from her. Well, like She was, the, like, I don't know. It just didn't seem natural for her to be in this character, in this role, in this movie for any, any part of it. The character seemed to be written very much as, this is the evil white person. So it's like, uh, it's a little cringy. I mean, I get it, but yes. Uh, okay, so fine. If you're going to do that, what are you going to do to give this character some three dimensions? Let, let's find a reason to really hate them, or a reason that they are the way that they are, or something. Nothing. No nuance. No history. Nothing. And then on top of that, it's it was, it was the exact same speed, like a. You know, you're driving. She never speeds up, slows down. It's just same, same exact delivery. Every line, uh, it felt like a paycheck. Yeah. It, yes. Yeah. Yep. I, I just, I, I wasn't into her performance. Let's just put it that way. But, like I said, it could be editing. It could be writing. It. Uh, I'm willing to give her the benefit of the doubt because every other part that I've seen her in, I have enjoyed. This is the first time that I've seen her in something where I go, man, this was just not good. Now, the other the other one that I took issue with um, was the Adriana Barraza, so Nana. Um, yeah, yeah, it was a little weird. The first half was fine, and then the more they presented her as like... A former military person? The former thing, then it just became like, okay that character being the unheralded hero in this one. Okay, fine. Cool. Um it's just that the makeup and her it was shiny. Deliver yeah, like the hair seemed uber fake. Right. And everything just changed for that character where it's like maybe they filmed her in one sequence and then they didn't feel film her suffer like months later. I don't know what it was, but like her delivery on the things were were just so cheesy, just like not even funny, not even fun, but just like there's there's no there's no adventure, there's no I don't know. Well, and then she's not nearly as old as the character she's playing. Correct, and that's that comes in with I didn't notice that earlier, but l later when you're focusing movie, on her face more and things like that, it's like uh oh. Yeah, yeah, you you guys missed a detail here. Yeah, that that wasn't now, great. I I do want to mention um, 
the so the the Carapax character itself uh, apparently in the Blue Beetles lore is one of his kind of common foes, yeah. right? Um, and in this in this one, he was just presented as a henchman, right? And and then of course he gets you know blasted away. He you know he's redeemed himself at the end, which was whatever. But I love like Raul Max Trujillo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did that good. dude is awesome. And yeah. maybe not in the, maybe in this one he was just really cool, but he if you look at the, his list of things, oh yeah, he plays some real awesome characters. And I've I've prophesized this movie many a time, but if you have not seen it, Apocalypto is a fantastic movie. I love that movie, and he's one of the main um, not not bad guy because that's not you could say main antagonists yeah. in that movie. And he's just, just like, he's awesome in that too. So yeah. I really like it. Uh, okay. So, yeah. So all in all, pretty solid, um, pretty solid in terms of the, of the uh, casting. It was also kind of fun to um, see Harvey Guyen in there, just in his small little part. Because he's always fun whenever he does stuff. But, uh, yeah. Uh, so, for me, uh, out of a 20, which is what you get for a cast, while I was not floored by all of the quality, and there were some, like I said, the the Susan Sarandon thing and that, it's like, mm, that for me is still a 14 out of 20. Uh, I, I I even went higher than you on this category. Yeah. It's a 16 on this category. <laughs> <laughs> I always like it when we go in the opposite directions. We're like a yo-yo. <sighs> All right. This brings us to our final category, the heart of the matter, the meat, the make or break, uh, be the plot and the writing that can be up to 20 points. Um, the plot was simple. It's an origin film. Uh, they were adapting it from the comics, but were kind of doing their own thing which was fine because like the Omax did not develop like this. Um, and in a way it's, it's a really watered down uh, version of the Omac, but it's still made in such a way that if they wanted to present it the right way, they still could. So they didn't, they didn't break the concept. So that was good enough. And like you're saying, they, they took one of his main villains <laughs> Like so many films do, let's just get rid of them at the end of the film. Uh, Easy maybe, way out. Maybe. Um, but they um, they seeded early. The whole cord industries, the, the history, the being planted into the middle of a living world that already has a bunch of superheroes on it, even if you're not necessarily seeing all of them. Um, I, for what it needed to be, it needed to... It needed to be light and fun, but still have stakes. And I think they kind of accomplished that. Light and fun, yes. Um, the stakes were mildly present um, and kind of developed throughout the course of the movie. Um, you lost a family member, almost lost two. Yeah, but in a real cheesy way. You know, like they 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 set it up earlier. I didn't know that you had gone to the, the hospital. <laughs> that you had a heart attack. Oh, oh, oh! It's like oh, so I wonder why. Oh, all right. I, I wonder what's going to happen. <laughs> um, so I, I I get that there were those typical setup things and there, there's no power or strength in that part of the script yeah. i get it it's easy to do uh i didn't ha- i didn't really take issue with it but it just was like yeah you didn't work real hard on that one did you no. um the the setup of the cord family but giving no history on it but giving history but not giving history on it i think is part is an is as part of a, a later setup exactly or something else which is totally fine so i get that part um not knowing really anything at all about the beetle um mentioning nothing about the reach 
completely, they don't know anything about where it actually came from, right? Right. So is this setting up something where everybody talks about dark side this and dark side this? You know, is it possible that this is a you, you work through this for three, four, five, six years, and now the reach shows up as part of something that could be even bigger that leads up to dark side. Hey, cool. I'm, I'm down with that. The reach have their own versions of the Beatles, right. That are, you know, really bad and not nice and big and powerful. So cool. Like, great. But is that what's really going to happen? Well, no, I don't think so. I think they're going to drop this like a hot potato and forget about most of it. I would be surprised if it got a sequel, which makes me very sad because I enjoyed it. I want a sequel personally. Anything with Jolo uh, uh, in it, I want it. I want to see it. I want to see it. if even if it's just like they're going to make a Justice League International film and put him in that or whatever. I don't care. But. Uh, and and I think that's the direction. So Marvel had movies for 10 years and then they did a Shang-Chi movie. That was, was that, was that a real major character in Marvel? Um, well, depends on the timeline you're talking about in the sixties and seventies. Yeah. Currently like real, real big, but hadn't been noticeable or popular in, in quite some time. Not in quite now, some time. Now, the Blue Beetle, the original Blue Beetle character, like that wasn't a, a big fun character for a long time. Now, the, the Jaime Reyes version, you, you said earlier, is a fairly newer concept of this character. And of all the Marvel characters, I mean, all the DC characters that you could make movies on and do things and and, and put in front of our faces why this one because it appeals to a younger audience i mean i i guess is is that worked for marvel will that work for dc i think that's the problem you know? know um the best stuff that dc does doesn't necessarily appeal to a younger audience no, if i'm not mistaken this was a pg-13 movie probably just because of all the language not because of anything no. else but well, there was um, some impaling and some other stuff. Yeah, it's, it's, it's to me. I like the character. Mm -hmm. I like all the things that surround the character, and I I know what this can in, involve in the future. I just don't think that this particular character is a very big draw, and, and that ultimately is the failing in in this that you 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 put a character out there that's just not going to have the mass appeal. I would disagree. And there's nothing wrong with the, the movie doing it. It's just, it, I don't know. I disagree uh, because that's the whole point. The Avengers, they were using B and C squad people and they made that work for the Marvel Cinematic Universe and they decided to bring in uh, Gunn on uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, another like C squad team and made it super popular. So the fact that this isn't one of the big ones does not matter at all, so long as they can and, make a good story. And, and I, I get that. That's that that part because I was thinking the same thing too, especially with him going to DC, and he's going to bring up a lot of these other DC kind of he's C squad things, some like, deep cuts. But, but he's good at that. Yeah, no one in DC has ever showed that they are even good at doing anything for the big characters, let alone the small characters. If you're going to go this direction. I mean, I know that the Green Lantern movie from long ago leaves a bad taste in everyone's mouth, but that whole world is just ridiculous. Why, oh, yeah. why couldn't you do that? Um, Who says they won't? I mean, I think because it failed, he might go ahead and do it, and it's been long enough. But he just I just think that they want to ignore the big three to a certain extent. Let's ignore Batman. Let's ignore Superman. Let's ignore Wonder Woman. Because the cool. first two, they've done plenty of films. Yeah, cool. That's that's fine. Yeah. I you're right. I agree. Superman's had movies and movies, and Batman's had iterations and iterations, and your Wonder Woman just didn't go the direction that it really should should have could have gone. Um, but there's still other ones. You know what about the what about the Hawkman character. Oh yeah, that's kind of boring, right? But not really. No, well, they, 
take him to Thanagar, do some stuff in space. Yeah. Like, do that. Cool. Awesome. Great. What let's about, what about actually film. doing a cyborg movie? Like, really doing cyborg. Let's do, like, let's do a creepy specter film. Have it be grounded on, and it's going to be near horror. Not quite horror, but have it scare the ever-loving piss out of people, because it should. There's there's just a lot of cool things that we we as fans would love to see, and we appreciate Blue Beetle, but the, the masses, unfortunately, don't. Now, if all this movie did was set things up for him to show up in other collaborations, I'm okay with that. Yeah, I think that's, that's cool. what they'll do. As long as they keep him around, I'll be I'll be happy. And you know, the story, while not original, it was solid. I mean, it had some had some errors here and there, but it had a lot of fun elements too. This is this is the this is the training wheels. I'm trying yeah. to throw it back to like uh like an Iron Man two sort of a thing or a Captain America first Avengers. Like, okay, let the they're starting over their thing. Can this kind of be in a similar? Okay, in terms of success level, I'd say it's it's, it's close. So good they, enough. They already made it. They're already going to push it out. James Gunn takes over. He's like, well, I'm not going to get rid of this movie. No, but let's but tweak it. I'm going to put a few things in it, including the mid set mid uh, credit scene, which I'm sure he was responsible for. There's, there's no way that that was, didn't have some of his hand hands on. <laughs> well, okay. Let's, let's give this a, let's give this a, a, a score where we're, we're dragging on here. I'm going to go with a 14 out of 20. So very enjoyable, but not perfect. 13 out of 20. Yeah. All right. Now we can do our bonus points. You said you had one bonus point. What's your bonus point? Mm, Cypress Hill, baby. Yeah. That's that's a good one. Um, I had to just again Sholo just on his own. I know it's technically in casting, but this kid has talent. I think he has what it takes to be one of the next really big names going forward for the next twenty years. Oh yeah, I, I've got I've got a lot of got a lot of uh, faith in him. But also the mid credit scene <laughs> that yeah. was my other favorite. Um, I have been talking about this for over a decade, how much I would just absolutely love to see a classic Blue Beetle film where they team him up with Booster Gold because they're both just not great heroes. And it would be so much fun to see them try their best to save the day and just kind of muddle through it and find a way to make it happen. It's so much fun. And you say lighthearted, that's it right there. Right. Child, you know, like a, a younger audience? No. Maybe. Depends on how you approach it, but probably not. But lighthearted, fun, silly, a, ability to, to throw in other DC characters for five minutes, ten minutes here and there for things. Right. Yes. Uh, it, it's... It's such a great way to just stop trying so hard and enjoy yourself. So did and that's you, kind of what DC needs to do. Did you recognize the voice? I I don't know who the voice actor was. I'm pretty sure, but I'm not don't don't quote me on this, but I'm pretty sure it's Jason Sudeikis. Ooh. As a blue beetle? As a blue beetle. Mm. he actually would do really well in that role. Yes, very much so. And I've already seen some some whispers that they're going to have Donald Faison be Booster Gold at some point. So I I just think that I I know enough to know about that character and I know enough to know that it would be fun if it could just be done right. And I think James Gunn is the person to do it right. So Yeah, definitely so. So, yeah, I gave both of those an extra point. And if you add up our scores, Richard gave the film a gentleman 72 <laughs> going in at a C-. And I gave it a, a solid 82 points, a B-. I think that's still pretty fair in that range, somewhere in between there of what the, the film really is. Is it something I want to watch again? Yeah, I actually think so. 
Is it something Richard wants to watch again? I'm not getting the impression that it is. When it comes to Max sometime in the next, you know, two months, am I going to jump right on it? Yeah, no. But if it's something to kill some time watching, I wouldn't have a problem with that. I want to pause the film right when they get into the dungeon, into Ted's little area, so that I can just take a look at all of the clutter and all of the stuff that's there. I, I'm looking forward to that. Nice. But what do you think, dear listeners? As always, you can find us on all of the social medias. Uh, you know where we're at. You know what we're called. We always love to hear your opinions. Uh, did we get it right? Were we way off? Did we forget something super important? Probably. Yes, uh, yes, and yes. <laughs> but uh, we always love to hear that. And uh, I believe we're going to be coming in next week with a, an interview with a really interesting actress. Stay tuned. We always have some good stuff for you. But until next time, keep going to the movie theater. Keep enjoying some films. We'll see you soon. Mm-hmm.